Thank you so much. Sheesh, I'm crying before I've even started. Um, I don't have very long, so I'm going to get straight into it, but it is such a privilege to be with you all. Luckily, I'm the first person, so good luck to the third preacher. Um, but yeah, what a privilege. So I want to actually start this story with a, start this preach with a story about a, an engineer and a doctor. Um, they got married almost 30 years ago, and uh, the engineer left his professional career because he felt God call him into full-time ministry. And uh, the doctor felt God call her out of private practice to work in the clinics in this city doing HIV and TB research. And both of them followed what God called them to do above what was best for their prof- professional trajectory. And those, those two people are my incredible parents. And so I just want to honor them this morning for saying yes and continuing to say yes to Jesus every single day. They follow Jesus no matter the cost, and they have a deep understanding of what, that Jesus is all that we need. And friends, the greatest gift that you can give your children is to love Jesus more than you love them. Prioritize church, follow Jesus wherever he leads, no matter the cost, and you and your family will live in the blessing and the favor that comes with that. So as Heather said, the title of this little charge is, All We Need Is Jesus. And you don't need to look very far to see in the world that we need Jesus. Not only that, but the church needs Jesus. We need to make sure that the Jesus we are teaching on, the Jesus we are following, and the Jesus we are calling others to follow is the same radical Jesus that we read about in the Bible. And the same radical Jesus who dined with prostitutes and tax collectors who called his disciples and believers to forsake all that they had to follow him, knowing that they would face persecution. The same Jesus who is the Son of God, the Lamb who was slain, the same Jesus who was and is and always will be the hope of the world. Is that the Jesus we are following? Is that the Jesus we are teaching on? And is that the Jesus we are putting our faith in? In America, every two years, an organization called Lifeway, they do a They do a study called The States of Theology, where they interview Christians and non-Christians alike, asking them some theological questions to try and understand what American churchgoers and non-churchgoers believe about the Bible, Jesus, and all all things like that. And so I just want to look at some of the answers that came from the Christian contingent. These are Christians. They believe what we believe. I looked at what they described as Christians. Theologically, honestly, it seems like, hey, that's everything we believe. And they asked them, they they gave them some statements. Um, So they gave them a statement and then said, agree or disagree with this statement. Here are some of the stats. The first statement, the Bible, like all sacred writings, contains helpful accounts of ancient myths, but is not literally true. 26% of Christians agreed with this. Statement two, religious belief is a matter of personal opinion. It is not about objective truth. 38% of Christians agreed with this. Here's the kicker. Jesus was a great teacher, but he was not God. 43% of Christians in America that did the study agreed with this. Those are some terrifying stats. And yes, we're not in America, and America's got its own challenges, but if we can, I mean, if that holds even a little bit true to the church in South Africa, man, we need Jesus. And we need a right understanding of him and his word and and the Jesus that we read about in the Bible. And so three quick points. Number one, the Bible is the word of God 
and it is the truth. Now, I'm classified as a Gen Z. I just snuck in there, and I always thought, geez, thank goodness I'm not a millennial. To be honest, grew up my whole life. Like, thank goodness I'm not considered a millennial. Now, I'm like, yo, we need Jesus just as badly as the rest of them. And um, my generation must be the most Bible illiterate generation there is. We have, we have so much content available to us, oh, podcasts, TikToks, verse of the day on your Bible app that pops up, online content to inform our theology and faith without ever actually having to read the Word of God. Our opinion and beliefs are shaped by others' opinions about Jesus and not through our own personal revelation that comes from reading the Word. Friends, we, we have to start reading the Word and seeing what it says about Jesus the Jesus that we serve. As a home group, we've got a home group of like a life group, whatever you want to call it, of young adults. And we've been doing a series called Walking with Jesus. Very simple, just reading the scripture and what it says about Jesus in the Bible. It has been the most like life-changing series for me personally ever. I'm the one who's supposed to be leading this thing and I'm there like getting ministered to every single week. It's like I'm falling in love with Jesus all over again, just reading his word and reading about the life of this incredible man that we serve. Number two, Jesus is Lord and King of all things. In Philippians 2 verse 9, it says, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Friends, the Jesus that we serve, the God that we serve is king of all things. He has won the battle. We have power and dominion. He has power and dominion over all things. And when he died on the cross and cried, it is finished. Death was defeated and Satan was crushed. And um, I've never been so aware of the power of Jesus as I was in Rez. I studied in Pretoria and I was in a Rez for one year and I had a roommate at the start and we, we lived in a room and I, like, honestly the room's like the size of the stage and there's no partition in between us so you're like right there with the guy. And uh, my first roommate left after a few months so I was like had my own room for a couple months and which was lovely. Next minute I rock up from Varsity, I walk in. Sheesh, there's some crystals over there. There's some uh, nunchucks. There's some like rain catcher things, there's some posters with triangles and R's on the other side of the room, and I'm like, what on earth is it? Turns out, I had a new roommate, and uh, he had chosen my room because I had a very neat room. He got offered a whole lot of rooms, and mine was the neatest, so he thought, hey, that's the room I want to stay in. And uh, got to meet this guy, fascinating person, but he was so, so lost. And he, would, he was into drugs and hallucinogenic drugs, all to create, like, it was all about spirituality and taking drugs to have a spiritual experience. Friends, this, this man had demons, and he was sleeping two meters away from me. And uh, yeah, it was wild. But let me tell you, I didn't, I didn't lose a moment's sleep. Six months, slept next to this guy, did not lose a moment's sleep. And I got to share the gospel with him. And I got to hear his opinions on life. And I just listened and I loved him. And I did not lose a moment's sleep. And in that moment, I felt Jesus say, you have power over this. There's nothing to fear. There's absolutely nothing to fear. And that's the Jesus that we serve. That, and I don't know, I still have faith that he's going to encounter Jesus one day and, and get radically saved. And that wasn't part of my testimony with him. But I was able to love him. And I was just, I got a deep understanding that there's nothing to fear because Jesus 
has power over it all. And the last point, Jesus is enough. Oh, have I missed something? No. Hebrews 13 verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the great I am. He is who he says he is and who he will be. The same Jesus who walked this earth 2,000 years ago is the same Jesus who's alive in us today. Jesus didn't try to be hip and relevant. He was, he was real. He was true. He came with power. He didn't try to dazzle people with smoke and mirrors. In our attempts to make Jesus relevant, we sometimes water him down into a nice 10 steps to a better life self-help guru. I'm not saying that we, we mustn't, we, we live in a cultural, a, a cultural society and, and uh, with that comes ways that we can reach the lost better. I'm not saying we mustn't try and reach the lost in the best way we can for the society and city that we live in now. But we have to present the real Jesus to them. His name is enough, his power is enough, his love is enough, his kingdom is enough, his salvation is enough, his word is enough, Jesus is enough. And this Jesus, this beautiful Jesus that we so desperately need each and every day, all he calls us to do is respond and follow him. In Mark 1 verse 6, we know it, he calls his, his first disciples, come and follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and they followed him. Are we following after Jesus and his ways? Or are we asking Jesus to come and bless what we are doing and what our church is doing? Jesus is calling us to lay down our life to follow him. And he's calling for an immediate response. Peter Rasmussen last night spoke on how we can change the world. And how do we change the world? We follow Jesus. We don't, want, we don't do what we want or what makes us happy. We follow Jesus. His love for us is radical. His call to us is radical. But man, is it worth it. Jesus is all we could ever need. Amen.